0: The following content is suited for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. This is Infertile Millennial, a podcast where we chat all things infertility, IVF, and surviving your fertility journey. I'm Emily Orlando, reminding you that you're not alone. Let's chat fertility what's up guys and welcome back to my channel so for today's video if you couldn't already tell from the title I'm going to be talking about my ectopic pregnancy story so whether you are watching here on YouTube or you're tuning in to another episode of the infertile millennial podcast today I'm going to be sharing all about that so if that's something that might be sort of triggering to you then I highly recommend maybe skipping this video, but otherwise if you are maybe somebody out there who's also going through an ectopic pregnancy journey and you're looking for other people's stories to find comfort, then I hope this video is helpful in some way to you. So today I'm going to be sharing my ectopic pregnancy story. I thought it was really important for me to sit down especially because October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month and Although this has been really hard for me to really make the move into sitting down in front of a camera and sharing my story, I knew that it was important because I'm all about bringing awareness to topics such as these, because one in four pregnancies do end in a loss. I mainly want to share this story for those of you who were following my IVF journey. If you have not caught up on that, I highly recommend to pause this video and go get caught up. I'm going to have those videos linked down below in the description if you are tuning in on YouTube, but if you are looking to watch them, maybe you're listening to the podcast and you want to get caught up on the entire vlog then you can go to youtube.com slash Emily Orlando makeup. I need to change the URL. It is just, my channel is just so much not that anymore, so that's for another day. But anyways, if you want to get caught up, I highly recommend to go over and do that. I really wanted to make this video because I, I know it's important to share my story, but I also left you guys kind of hanging on a note. I kind of abruptly ended the last vlog. I ended it on the day that we had to terminate the pregnancy. But I felt that it was important for me to make an entire video sharing my ectopic pregnancy experience, especially, like I said, for those of you who might be going through YouTube and looking for other people's stories to find comfort or to kind of get an idea of what to expect if your journey ends up being similar to mine. Alright, so let's get into... I'm going to kind of back you guys up into exactly what happened with this whole pregnancy. So as some of you probably know i did a third round of IVF. we did another frozen embryo transfer and this time we did a natural frozen embryo transfer i feel like i got a lot of questions from people especially around the time that i started thinking that it was ectopic and i was having bleeding saying it's probably just like implantation you can't bleed when you're on progesterone and oil so number one i was never on progesterone and oil i've tried that before we believe that because my body is pretty much reproductively healthy, as far as we can tell, there was no need for me to be on all these extra added hormones. And we were wondering if maybe that's why, you know, all of the other rounds hadn't worked. So we tried a natural embryo transfer and I wasn't on any hormones. So it was honestly quite an easy, Embryo transfer, there wasn't a whole lot that I had to do aside from monitor my ovulation. So I went and had my transfer done on August 20th. It was five days past ovulation. So with a natural embryo transfer, when you go in to do a five-day transfer, you're transferring a day five embryo five days past ovulation. So it's basically like tricking my body into thinking that the egg that was released that cycle was fertilized in my body and then now that embryo has found its way into my uterus. So another thing I want to clear up before we get into it is I know a lot of people were like how could you possibly have an ectopic pregnancy when you do IVF and the embryo is placed in your uterus. So when an embryo is placed in your uterus after IVF, it's not implanted into your uterus. It is placed in the uterus just like a normal embryo will find its way in there. The doctor places it in my uterus, but the embryo itself does have to implant on its own and that typically takes place 6 to 12 days past ovulation. So we're at day 5 when we place it in, so giving it a lot of time to find its way and find its happy home for the next nine months. So for those of you who were confused on how that happens, now you know, an embryo has to implant on its own just like any other pregnancy. And sometimes it can find its way in places that it's not supposed to be. So it was about six days past my five-day embryo transfer, which is equivalent to 11 days past ovulation. And I had been taking tests. I was getting negative tests from four days past, took it at five days past, it was negative, and I was starting to feel like this round just wasn't happening for us. So six days passed. I had a very faint test I took it in the afternoon and I honestly did not expect to see anything and then when I saw there was a faint line there I couldn't tell if I was being like wanting to see the line that wasn't there and so I had to show my husband because he'll be honest with me if there's no line he'll be like yeah there's no line but when I showed it to him he was like oh no I totally see it it's very faint so immediately as somebody who's had a miscarriage in the past before it's hard to get excited like I never probably will ever again in my life take a pregnancy test and jump for joy to me a pregnancy test is just another hump in the road to get to your destination so it is like kind of a bummer to not have that oh my god moment and I did have it as you guys probably saw if you watched my vlog reacting to my live pregnancy test but it wasn't the way that I had hoped that it could have been but also having it just be faint it makes you question what what's going on um and the first thing that i actually began to think was oh my gosh this is like a chemical pregnancy and a chemical pregnancy is when an embryo attempts to attach and maybe it does a little bit but it ends up not sticking and so like a little bit of hcg gets in your system so that's what i was worried about and i started becoming obsessed (laughs) With taking pregnancy tests. So the next day I took another and it was slightly darker but not that dark and at that point I was starting to compare it to my miscarriage which my miscarriage that pregnancy I had a very dark pregnancy test at seven days past transfer and um, there was no doubt about it being pregnant. This one was like you really had to squint to see it and I was having issues with it getting not getting dark enough. And I was sharing this on social media. I was very open about my whole journey on Instagram. And a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, like don't test every day, test every 48 hours because then you'll see a better line. So I was trying to chalk it up to, okay, like maybe this baby is just taking a little longer to implant, but I was definitely having a lot of like up and down days. So it wasn't until I want to say the eight days past transfer, which would have been a Saturday, that I finally got like a nice, comforting, darker pregnancy test. And that's when I started to kind of like exhale and be like, okay, I was just being, you know, overly critical of how these tests were looking. And, you know, it, I just, I'm nervous as one is after loss. I remember feeling good that day, but then I got the excitement of, oh, let's take a digital. And so I had taken a digital that day and it, said no, which then kind of throws you back of like, what, like I'm getting positive tests, but the digital is no. So I still chalked it up to like, but like all these tests, they're positive. So there must be, you know, there there must be something there. The following morning is when things took a turn. As I mentioned before, we did a natural embryo transfer. So I was due to start my period the day before my blood draw, after my embryo transfer. My blood draw was 10 days past transfer. And nine days passed. I was due to start my period. So that was one of those days where I was like, if we can make it past this day and I don't start, that's a good sign. The following morning, I woke up excited to take a pregnancy test. I took one, and it was much darker than the day before. So I was feeling really good about it, and it actually felt like... Things were happening. I must have had a late implanter. I was feeling really good about it. I had posted stories on social media. I was really excited. And within a matter of about 20 minutes, I had full-on heavy back and stomach cramps like a period. And I started to get nervous because, I don't know if this is TMI, but when my period starts, it's typically right in the when I wake up and start walking around and it's just boom I never have spotting or cramping which also I need to mention that I did have spotting at six days past my transfer so I never have that before a period so I that's what made me think like okay maybe I'm pregnant so I started having really really heavy cramping and it got me really nervous and I went to the bathroom and it was just heavy bleeding and non-stop and i remember sitting there and i was like how could i have a dark positive pregnancy test 20 minutes before starting a period like to me it made no sense and i was like maybe this is how chemical pregnancies work maybe this is you know what was going on but i couldn't understand how my test was darker that day than the day before because you would think that if you were starting your period it's possible to maybe have a very faint pregnancy test because your hormones are leaving your body but to me i was like how is it darker than yesterday and then i started my period 20 minutes later so i immediately got up and told my husband and i we obviously were very upset and we really didn't know what to make of it because that Positive test that we got we were just like how is that even possible to have that it was about a few hours later that I was like I don't know I feel like we should tell the on-call nurse because mind you this is a Sunday and the office isn't open but it kind of did feel like one of those situations where I felt like we should at least let them know what was going on So my husband called the on-call nurse. He let her know what was happening and she was like, okay, you need to lay down as much as possible, don't walk around, drink as much fluids as possible and obviously you're coming in tomorrow for blood work but that's all we can do right now. I at this point knew that I was having a period and when I say a period, it was just as heavy as my early miscarriage was. So I knew for a fact that whatever was happening, it was not good news. I was keeping updates on Instagram constantly and I had a lot of people reach out and say, oh my gosh, no, it's totally fine. Like I bled in my early pregnancy and everything turned out well or it could be like a subchromic hematoma or I might've said that wrong, but a lot of people were saying that. But I just knew that this was definitely a period. I know my body well. And I do also want to note for those who are probably wondering, I was going in before I started my period in between my embryo transfer and my blood draw to get my levels checked to make sure my progesterone was fine. So if anybody was wondering, like, were you monitoring your progesterone? Could you have needed progesterone? We were monitoring and all my levels were looking really good. So that was not the case. My period was going to start regardless. So the next morning I go into the office. My husband comes with me. I'm really dreading wanting to go in at this point because I already know what they're going to say. And it's that I'm having a miscarriage or having... A chemical or whatever it is I'm having some kind of early loss so we go in they let me know that I'll be the first patient they call for updates and results because in case that this is something to which could be savable they want to make sure that they could get me like progesterone or whatever I need ASAP I already at this point know it's not gonna be good news just because I'm very familiar with my body and I knew what was happening. So I waited all day and they called me and they said your HCG is at a 16. So you, we believe you're having a non-viable pregnancy and you're having an early loss And we'll just have you come in on in two days and make sure that your levels hit zero. And from then, we will have a meeting with the doctor. So at this point, we pretty much are like, yeah, we're having a miscarriage. And I stopped taking pregnancy tests because I just assumed that, first of all, what was the point? And second of all, I knew, I figured that I was just, going to miscarry and that was that or that was happening. So at that point I stopped taking pregnancy tests because I figured, yep, I'm just having an early loss and we're going to move on from this. We actually felt very much ready to try again. I knew that if I was going to do another transfer or whatever else that I wanted to do it right away. So I was like, all right, well, I guess it didn't work and that sucks and we're upset, but we have other chances. We have more embryos. So you know let's just grieve this and we'll move forward when we're ready so it's now two days later past my first blood draw and i go in and my nurse you know i do the blood test i'm expecting to get a call later saying that my levels hit zero and that everything looks good i want to take it a step back though before we move forward and also answer questions that i feel like i've had a lot of people Come at me with and that was how do you know you didn't just need progesterone? So I've been with my clinic for two years and in those two years, I've done a lot of blood work I have gotten, you know, I've been there during periods and cycles like that so they know what my normal Blood levels look like when I'm having a period so there was no question that that's what was happening my levels suggested the same as they do when I'm having my normal cycle. So for those of you just asking, they weren't going to give me progesterone. My progesterone was a 1.1. It needs to be at least 20 or higher. And my hCG was a 16. Adding progesterone would only just prolong whatever was happening. Adding progesterone wouldn't have helped, um, especially once we get into the story. In fact, it probably would have hurt. But just so you guys know, like we're very aware of what my level should be and I've been with them for a long time. They're very familiar with me and what my body does. So it's now two days later and I get the phone call after getting the blood work that my HCG has actually rose a little bit. It went from 16 to 24, which is not quite doubling, um, but it did rise. And so at that point I was like, at that point I was incredibly confused because I couldn't understand how at this point I was having a full-blown period and my levels were rising. I was very confused about it, but sometimes I've heard of people having miscarriages where their levels rise a little bit and then they drop to zero. So I wasn't totally nervous about it, but it was at that point that my husband started getting a little bit nervous. So my nurse basically said, stop all of your medication, do not take any vitamins, nothing, and come back in two days later, so now that next Friday, come in, and get blood work just to see what's going on here. So it, it was at that point that I started taking pregnancy tests again because I was really curious to see what was going on and I felt like at that point I had a little bit of control because I was able to track what was happening. So at that point, I was taking a pregnancy test every morning and I was using the mom med like 20 count test strips, the the really easy like little ones. And I noticed that they were much darker than the last test that I had taken earlier that week. And that started to make me feel a little bit nervous because if you guys remember, all of my pregnancy tests were faint at that point. So for me, that was really confusing seeing them being darker and also having being almost done with the period. So I was feeling incredibly confused and I was tracking them throughout you know, each morning. And so finally, two days later, that Friday came where I was coming in for a third blood draw. So I took a test that morning and my test was probably the darkest that it had ever been yet. So I knew that my levels were definitely going to be There there was going to be something there whether or not it went up or down. I don't know But I had a feeling that it was going to be higher So I tell my nurse when I come in I was like I just want to let you know that I've been taking pregnancy tests and my levels have been getting darker on those tests and So she said, okay, you know, like It's good that you're tracking it whatever but kind of not brushing me off But you know, obviously blood work is the tell-all but I did at that point decide to ask her, you know is could this be a topic because I just couldn't imagine a world where after bleeding that heavily that there would be a baby in the uterus. So I asked her, you know, is there a chance that this could be ectopic? And she, I could tell, wasn't quite ready to tell me yet because I know they wanted to just see the levels, but she said, well, that's kind of where we're leaning right now. You're slow rising HCG, you're bleeding, you're cramping, your positive pregnancy tests, they're all kind of leaning towards either a non-viable pregnancy somewhere else in the body or ectopic. And so that was a little bit scary. And it was at that point that I started to realize that I was in a much more serious situation than I could have even imagined. A week ago, we were figuring that we were having either you know, a chemical pregnancy, and now here we are thinking that I might be having an ectopic pregnancy. If you're not familiar with ectopic pregnancies, They are a non-viable pregnancy that cannot survive, so either they have to spontaneously remove themselves, or you have to have surgery, or they can end up being life-threatening. That's when things started getting a little bit more real for us. When she called me back, my levels at that point were at about, were somewhere in the 30s. I cannot remember the exact number, but it was somewhere in the 30s, so again, hadn't doubled but have been slow rising. That is when it was Labor Day. So that's the Friday of Labor Day weekend. So my nurse basically said, we just have to keep testing this to see what's going on. She's like, hopefully it will just resolve itself and it won't be any problem, but you have to come back on Tuesday. So I went into Labor Day weekend, kind of just thinking nothing really much of it. And it was that Saturday that I started having spotting. And so I was like, oh, okay, you know, it's, it's fine, it's just, you know, taking longer to do what it needs to do. But at that point we believed that we were passing the pregnancy because I started spotting again. And the spotting lasted for about three or four days. So I was like, okay, maybe like, you know, I'm gonna go in on Tuesday and my levels are going to be lower. And so we kind of had a sense of relief at that point, even though I know that it sounds crazy to have relief to know that you're losing a pregnancy, but at that point We've been going on a week or so of of this unknown and um, we already knew the pregnancy wasn't going to be viable at that point. So you know, we kind of just wanted to be able to finally grieve this loss but in, in this moment we were not able to do that because we didn't have an answer yet. So come Tuesday and I go and do another blood draw. I'm still taking pregnancy tests and my tests are just still getting darker, which I knew that was going to be an issue. I had been testing even though I had been spotting and I just could not understand why I was having these issues. So I knew that going in on Tuesday, there was still gonna be HCG in my blood. What I did not expect is what she was going to tell me next. So I get the phone call that evening and she tells me that my levels have more than tripled. They went from what I think was like a 35 or six to 130. So at this point I have basically you know, finished what I believed to be my period. I had done the spotting and my levels have now more than tripled. This is where my nurse decides to tell me that they do believe that I'm having an ectopic pregnancy. And we started to get really worried because number one, ectopic pregnancies are incredibly dangerous for the mother and they do not offer a good end game for the baby in question. So we were starting to feel a little bit nervous And the unfortunate part is that when you are only a few weeks pregnant and your hcg levels are low it's near impossible to see anything on an ultrasound so it's kind of like a waiting game not a very fun waiting game might i add so my nurse told me that some of the signs to look out for like dizziness sharp pain on either side and shoulder tip pain things like that things to look out for Aside from feeling really anxious, I didn't really have a whole lot of actual physical symptoms besides from the spotting and positive pregnancy tests, but I was having a very odd ping-ponging sensation between my ovaries. So what I mean by that is that my right ovary would cramp really hard, kind of like a pulsating feeling and then a few minutes later it would stop but then the left one would start doing that and I found that really really odd and I did let them know about that. So I do that first blood draw with the 135 or whatever it was and I'm told to come in the following thursday and at this point my nurse is keeping in touch with me every single day so at this point my levels are now over 130 and we don't really have any signs of things slowing down at this point so My nurse wanted to keep in touch with me and possibly schedule me to come in for an ultrasound that Friday at the office where my doctor is typically at because the office that I go to, he's not there 24-7. So she said that they wanted him to be able to look and do an ultrasound on me to see if they could see anything by Friday based on how my levels were going to go. So I was scheduled to again come in on that Thursday and get my blood levels taken. So Wednesday comes around and I'm starting to have some cramping sensations get a little bit stronger, but they're not really one-sided and overall I feel fine. It's just it is uncomfortable and I felt like I should let my nurse know that. So Wednesday evening comes around and I call my nurse and I just let her know what's going on and she seemed really nervous when i told her that i called her and they said hey i just want to let you know i'm having sort of like a ping pong cramping pinching sensation going back and forth and she immediately was like oh, um, okay, um, let me call the doctor real quick and I'll get back with you in a second. She sounded really nervous and that started making me feel really nervous. Within five minutes, my nurse calls me back and says, you need to go to the ER. At that point, I had no idea um, what to feel, what was going on, and I got really panicked. I immediately just grabbed a tote bag, put in you know like contact solutions, glasses, socks, underwear, leggings, things in case I had to stay overnight because I had no idea what I was going into and we were not sure what at all to feel. We had just finished eating dinner and then all of a sudden we were like, you need to go to the ER and I'm going to let them know that you're going to be there in an hour. And I'm going to explain to them everything what's going on and they're going to get you an ASAP. So we get everything together. We drive to the hospital, which is not in my town. They wanted me to go to one that was affiliated with their clinic. So I went to that hospital, and I walk in, and honestly I think that's when everything kind of started to hit me. Is I get to the hospital, I explain to them what's going on, and they already are ready to have me check in and go. I first get into a room, and they're just kind of asking me about my symptoms and what's happening. And The thing that hit really hard for me, and I'm sure a lot of other moms who have lost pregnancies will say that this question is always hard, but. It's the, it's the question of, is this your first pregnancy? That was really difficult because not only like, you know, on a regular day, it's hard to say, no, it's not, I've lost one. But I was sitting in a hospital room and it hit me that not only was this not my first pregnancy, but this was probably not going to be... A happy ending to this current pregnancy. So that was really difficult for me. She asked if this was my first pregnancy. I said no. She asked how far along I was when the other one passed. I said about six weeks, which is where I was at that point. And she asked me how far along I was now, which was about six weeks. And so That was a definite, like, difficult moment because I knew, like, whatever was happening is just probably not going to turn out the way that I wanted it to. I got put back into a room. My visit was probably about three hours. We did, you know, every test that you could think of that you would need to do for pregnancy, for looking for ectopic. I got my blood taken, I got a physical done, and then we did an internal and external ultrasound. At the end of everything, that visit, My levels had, they had seen that my levels had rose from 130 to 180. It was that ER doctor that said, I think that you're having an ectopic pregnancy because all signs point to that. My ultrasound, they could not see anything at all, which I guess might be a good thing, but they said with the rising levels and how slow rising and how low I was for six weeks, 180 is like not good for six weeks. You should definitely be in the thousands. And so, I mean, they basically said, yeah, we don't know what's going on, but if you're not in pain, then as far as we can see, you're not in any life-threatening position at the moment, but obviously you need to follow up with your IVF doctor tomorrow morning. So we drove home, and the next day I called the IVF doctor as soon as they opened, and I let them know what was going on, and they said that they'll get back to me and let me know, you know, what what we're going to do. Based on everything that they were looking at and speaking they said okay we want you to come in for another blood draw tomorrow just to see what is happening. So I go in for a blood draw that Friday morning and when they get the results back my levels have jumped from 180 to 300. So it was at that point that not only did my nurse My whole team of nurses, my IVF doctor, another IVF doctor who works for the clinic, and the ER team all suggested that my pregnancy was not viable, it was in an unknown location, and it was being ruled as ectopic because it definitely was not in the uterus. That day was really just like a day I feel like I'll never forget because We knew that it wasn't going to be good news, but we didn't know. We weren't prepared for like the emotional aspect of it. So this part of the video is really for other women who are going through this and not really sure what to expect. But um, what they had prescribed for me was to come in and get an injection, an intramuscular injection of methotrexate. And um, what methotrexate does is it stops the growth of cells and it basically kind of dissolves the pregnancy in hopes that it doesn't keep growing and like you have a serious You know rupture in your body It's kind of to prevent you from having to go do surgery or having to like experience rupture and possibly lose You know an organ or something so we knew that like even though this wasn't necessarily a decision it felt like a very hard decision. Because the thing is with miscarriage, miscarriage, there's no decision, it just happens. And you have to deal with the physical and emotional aspects and it comes, either you're prepared for it like I was in my past one, or it comes out of nowhere and it shocks you and you just have to deal with it right then and there. Whereas ectopic pregnancies, a lot of the times, you have to make the decision to terminate it yourself in order for your safety. It was a no-brainer. We knew that like, this is the smart decision. All of my levels were not showing well. Even at the ER, they said your progesterone, everything is not good, there's just no way. And mind you, at this point, it had been about two weeks of going through this. My levels should have been higher. I am without, I don't lack confidence that we made the choice that we needed to make, but it is hard to think back and it's just a tough decision. So probably around 5 p.m. that Friday, my nurse calls and says like, we've talked it over and we believe that you need to terminate this pregnancy because it's not going anywhere and it's just not going to be safe for you, it's not viable, it's not good. So we had to go pick up a prescription of methotrexate, And drive to our doctor's office and we had to you know thankfully no one else is there the office was closed and um, We had to go into the room and my husband came with me and I think just the hardest moment is when they go to inject you It's really hard. We knew that it wasn't gonna be viable but really making that concrete decision is difficult. Sorry, (laughs) I'm upset, but you know, that's how I feel about it, it was really rough. So I had to get an injection, and then we had to wait in the office for about 30 minutes after just to make sure that I was okay, and then we went home. And I remember going home and just feeling so incredibly overwhelmed with emotion. And it's really hard to like, you know, To terminate a wanted pregnancy but sometimes people have to make those decisions for their safety and that is something that we had to do i'm getting so emotional but you know this is an emotional thing to go through so yeah i obviously have a lot of emotions that still need to heal and process from all that i'm able to walk through it and share with you guys and i feel good that i'm able to do that so (laughs) so that night was difficult and you know it was a friday night and we just hung out together and watched tv but um and i'll get more into my methotrexate uh, experience with you guys but definitely the number one thing that that evening is i was so incredibly tired i cannot even explain to you the type of tiredness that came with the injection which makes a lot of sense it's breaking down cells in your body and um it just made me feel really exhausted and I couldn't even stay up past like 9 p.m that night so I went to bed early got a lot a lot of sleep and you know the next day I we did okay with dealing with it um I decorated for fall because I did something I love which is decorate for fall because it makes me feel happy so I did that we were showered with flowers and gifts from people. Um, and we felt so incredibly loved and thankful for that. And we shared, you know, with everyone what had happened and, you know, that's kind of where we thought that everything was over. We thought that was the end and that that was going to be the the end of it all really. So I was scheduled to go in that Monday for another blood test to make sure that the injection was doing its job. I was feeling hopeful that, you know, we're finally moving towards the point at which we could move forward because again, mind you that it's really hard to grieve a pregnancy loss that hasn't physically happened yet. So I we were kind of stuck in this limbo of not being able to grieve and I feel like people don't understand that about ectopic pregnancies is it doesn't just happen in one day Um, some do but a lot of people are in our shoes where you're monitoring you're getting medication to try to terminate it and you're kind of left in limbo and that's where we were so we felt like we were never able to properly grieve our loss at this point. I had a lot of people mention to me that, you seem like you're doing so well after all this, I would be in shambles. Number one, I was very upset um, a lot of the time, but it's hard to fully process and grieve something that hasn't finished yet. And that's also why it's taken me such a long time to sit down and film this video because I've Up until this week been dealing with it since our transfer basically dealing with this up-and-downness for almost two months so it is hard to be fully you know Present in your feelings when you don't even know what you're feeling when you haven't been given the proper time to process and heal so I did want to just point that out is that you know it's it's a much harder thing to process because You really don't know what it is you're processing yet because it hasn't, it's not over yet. So that's what we were struggling with. So it's now four days past my injection and I go in to get blood work and I wait for the call. And when my nurse calls me, she lets me know that my levels have not only not dropped, but have more than tripled. So now they're in the 800s, which... After doing a lot of research, I have come to learn that that is actually very normal after your first injection. In fact, sometimes they'll either just give you a second injection right away to make sure that it doesn't keep rising, or they'll wait a few more days to watch it drop by at least 15%. So, of course, you know, I'm already in this emotional roller coaster of dealing with, you know, having to terminate this pregnancy, but then the fact that this feels like the most stubborn pregnancy in the entire world. It just felt like it was just not doing anything. It wasn't going anywhere and it started to make me panic a little bit that it was going to keep growing and I would have a rupture. My nurse said, okay, you just have to come in tomorrow and get another injection, which is incredibly difficult. Getting one injection is already so incredibly emotionally and physically hard. It's not a fun injection to get. It's in your lower back or your upper hip and it is quite, you know, it's not fun. It's a painful one and it burns and it hurts. And, um, but then just the emotional and psychological toll that it takes on you when it's a wanted pregnancy is incredibly, incredibly hard. So I just, I just couldn't believe that I had to go do it again. I thought the worst part was over and unfortunately I had to go and get a second one. My husband, thankfully, you know, he was coming with me each time I did it. We went in, got it done. And then we left and pretty much every four days i was going in to get my levels checked thankfully that friday four days later they had called to let me know that my levels did drop and they only dropped you know maybe 50 points but they were happy with it and i was just to come in and so i basically from that point on since you know i don't know what it would be it's been about maybe five weeks I'm not sure on the math there but four or five weeks of constantly going in for blood draws and being reminded that I'm losing a pregnancy that was very much wanted and that's probably one of the hardest things about it is just constantly being reminded and having to keep going to a clinic when you know that you're not going there for anything positive you're just going there to make sure that you know you're safe I guess but other than that, it's it just takes a toll on you. And I feel like I haven't been given the proper time to heal or process this loss because it is such an unfair thing that we're going through. As of last Friday, October 15th, my levels were at a 15.5 and I did start my cycle. So I think we're finally getting into this like end game destination of Being able to be finished with this chapter, it was such a long, emotional two months really that we went through and there's a part of me that is happy that I'm past this, but I think the grieving is starting to come through and there's just a lot of things of like, I should be graduating IVF right now. I should be like 12 weeks pregnant and moving into my second trimester And I'm not. Instead, I'm still dealing with the aftermath of having an ectopic pregnancy. And it is just really a lot to process. Unfortunately, because of the medication that I'm on, we are not allowed to try for three months because it stays in your system for up to that long. And you know, instead of our plan of we're just gonna try again right after, we're unable to do so, which is a huge bummer, but you know, it is what it is. I don't know where we're at with wanting to try again. You know, on, on one hand, we've got these embryos left and we want to try again, but on the other hand, it just feels like every single time we do an IVF transfer, it just gets worse every time. The first time it didn't take, the second time it ended in miscarriage, and this time now it ended with an ectopic pregnancy. That could have been worse than it was, but we thankfully caught it early. I don't know if I want to put my body through this again, and so it's a really difficult decision that we have to make, and we don't know what we want to do. We still do need to meet with our doctor and see what his opinions are of what happened and how or if we can move forward. Hopefully that will be soon and I'm excited to update you guys on that and let you know, but we unfortunately are not allowed to try the rest of 2021. So I really did think that maybe this would be our year, but unfortunately it isn't. I don't know what it means for the future of having children together. It's such a tough thing to decide on. Hopefully, I can come back and update you guys and let you know, you know, where we're at in a few weeks or so and Maybe what we've decided on I have no idea But it's a really just not a fun place to be in and if there's anything I can ask of you guys Because I unfortunately have gotten comments like this is to not Say things like you should have waited to get the medication. You should have done this. You should have done that mother's who are grieving the loss of their pregnancy already deal with a lot of guilt. And it takes a lot of strength and courage to make such a difficult decision. But I'm telling you guys that I know in my heart that I trust my IVF clinic, I trust my nurses, I trust my doctor's opinions. Their clinic has been running for a very long time and it's, not, it's a very large clinic and they have been nothing but amazing to me I trust them and I trust my body and I know my body so I know that the decision that I made was hard but I don't think that it was the wrong decision. Please in the future you know for me or anyone else instead of saying things like I'm sorry for your loss but did you do this or did you try this or have you thought about doing this next time maybe just offer your condolences it's already a lot for someone to go through we don't need people casting blame either intentionally or unintentionally it's just really hurtful we already deal with an immense amount of guilt but i am thankful that i'm so content in the decision that i made it wasn't even really a decision at all it was something we had to do but i'm so confident that this would not have been a viable pregnancy and it wouldn't have been a great ending if we were to have just kept, you know, seeing what happened. I think that my life probably would have been more at risk and that's just not something that we wanna do. And finally, thank you to the many, 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 many of you who have reached out, sent your condolences, offered your support, offered helpful resources. I don't know what I would do had I not shared my story from the beginning. And I'm so glad that I have a platform where I get to share my story because not only does it help me, but I hope that my journey and my story can help somebody out there who is also struggling. This is a really tough thing to go through and I've always said that the best support you'll ever find is by reaching out to other people who have walked your path and been in your shoes. They're the only people who can truly understand the pain and the healing you have to do. So I just thank you to every single one of you who has supported us and offered us your words of kindness. It just means so much to us. I truly don't know what i would have done without the support of all of you so thank you guys so so much from the bottom of my heart and i'm going to continue to update you guys i've got a lot of really great you know videos to share with you guys about this topic clearly i'm very passionate about pregnancy loss and infertility and everything in between so if you know somebody who is struggling please share my content with them. I hope that it's helpful in some way. But I thank you guys so much for tuning in and I know this video was long but I think this is important to talk about. So thank you guys so much. Whether you tuned in via YouTube or on this podcast episode, it just means so much to me and I hope to see you guys really soon in another episode or video of mine.